0: On today's The Earth is a Ball, I am joined by another Glenview resident as we break down all of the chaos surrounding not the coronavirus, but the NFL offseason. Then, Henry Schleiser will join the show to discuss the new Netflix limited series Tiger King in our first ever three-person segment. Before we get into this episode, I would like to give our at motivation underscore two underscore start underscore your underscore day quote of the week. This week's quote is, Change your life one habit at a time now that we're all motivated let's dive in starting off today's episode i'm going to be joined by another new guest he has a lot in common with some of the other people who have recently been on the show he's off the mean streets of glenview illinois the last member of the xfl files and he's also never eaten an avocado before it's mr kevin redford and kevin welcome on the show
1: Happy to be here, Rick. I'm obnoxiously pumping my fist right now in excitement that I'm finally on the earth as a ball. Feels amazing. I feel I've never felt so professional in my
0: life. It's been a long time coming, Kev. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been trying to get you on the show for quite some time, but schedule's been
1: packed. You know, people want me.
0: Yeah, but you know, a lot of things are starting to slow down now because of the coronavirus. But one thing that hasn't slowed down is the NFL offseason and Actually, it's been one of the few things that people are able to talk about during this lull in sports in the sports world. So we're gonna dive into it. NFL offseason. Obviously the biggest move that some people might have seen coming, but others kind of caught him off guard was Tom Brady leaving the New England Patriots for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who finished seven and nine last year. Kevin, what were your initial thoughts when you saw Big Tom leaving New England?
1: All the signs pointed towards Tom Brady leaving, in my opinion. It's just we didn't we didn't want to believe him. We it's not what we expected. For me and you, Tom Brady's been in New England our literally our entire lives. So for him it makes sense. You know, a lot of people hit these talking points already, but they're very true. That in New England he wasn't really allowed to explore that big of a contract. He took contract hits for the team. In this case, he doesn't necessarily, or at this point in his career, that's not necessarily what he wants to do. He f- views that he can go make some money, and he did. Remember, people were saying, "Oh, Tom Brady bought a house in Florida a couple months ago." Well, maybe this is why. You know, it's it doesn't really surprise me in retrospect, but you know, it couldn't have shocked us any more than it did, especially after that damn Hulu has live sports commercial on. uh uh, during the super bowl but it makes so much sense his receiver upgrade this year just at the top with mike evans and chris godwin because there's a significant drop off for the bucks after that they'll probably you know go for maybe a mid-level draft receiver because there's a lot of talent there they still probably need one more but together i'm pretty sure those two guys combined had more receiving yards than the entire uh than any combination of any Patriots uh, receivers last year. So that was – I mean, for him, it's exactly what he needs for like his legacy and for how he wants to be remembered on his way out. But uh, um, the people in New England, rightfully so, not very
0: happy. And, you know, you mentioned him taking a team-friendly contracts during his time in New England. That way they were able to build a team around him. But he's going to a team that's already pretty – Pretty much built, I'd say, Uh not entirely on the offensive side, but their defense is solid in a lot of departments. They just re-signed Adamek Sue to a one-year deal, big guy in the middle. But, you know, you mentioned he has the weapons. Mike Evans, who's a top-five receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. Chris Godwin, who's an emerging receiver, played really good football at Penn State. But he's a young guy that could make a big splash. A lot of people don't really know Chris Godwin as a household name, but he's been Playing very well, even with Jameis Winston as his quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, I think the Tampa Bay Bucs are a very interesting team because you look at the receiving core of Evans and Godwin. That might have been what drew Brady there in the first place, because a lot of teams. I don't know where Tom Brady necessarily would have gone to other than the Bucs, but it, it's just an odd franchise yeah. to see this future Hall of Fame quarterback going to. Well,
1: imagine. I mean, we were alive for this, but and I this probably affected me more than you back in 2008 when the Packers traded Brett Favre to the Vikings like out of all teams the rival Vikings I'm sure that that had a very similar feeling to this
0: uh well it was very similar when uh Chad Pennington traded in his Jets uniform to come to the Miami Dolphins right yeah Yeah. yes
1: it makes no sense these elite quarterbacks like Chad Pennington you know um (laughs) but but uh Bruce Arians is is the real winner here. He finally gets someone to kind of fit his more pro style offense. And you have to remember that Mike Evans and and, uh, Chris Godwin, were they lit up. They were both top 10 receivers in the NFL last year probably with the passing champion Jameis Winston. And that's a, a lot of volume. And they will not get that much volume with Tom Brady under center. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see how that kind of opens up things in the backfield. Right now, their top running back is Ronald Jones. So that's another kind of place where they can attack in this offseason that may or may not get expanded a little bit. But the Buccaneers give Bruce Arians a little something to work with here. And then they race, They also locked up JPP and Shaq uh, and Ch- and Barron, too, along with him. So the defense stays strong after being a top 15 defense.
0: Now you mentioned the volume that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin got last year with James Winston, who is the only player to throw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in the same season. But Tom Brady, you know, we haven't seen him throw the ball like 40, 50 times in a game in quite some time. And especially throwing the ball downfield, which is where a lot of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin's yards came from last right. year. So last year you saw the Buccaneers play more of a vertical game, but that's definitely going to change with Tom Brady because you know, he is getting older. His arm's probably getting weaker. Obviously, the talent is still there, and the intellect is still there. But you're going to see something like you saw with Peyton Manning. He's not a- going to be able to throw the deep mm-hmm. balls down the field all the time, and especially for a team that may or may not be using the clock. Because you've got to remember that Tom Brady had a top half of the league defense on the other side of the ball every single season top, he played. Top in five,
1: probably. Top five for sure, they, actually. They
0: always had that supporting cast there. And obviously the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is strong, but is it going to be as dominant as the right. Patriots system, system is? Not to mention, this year on the schedule, oh, they play the Packers, the Chiefs, the Vikings, the Raiders, the Rams. Like, not to mention they play Drew Brees twice, Matt Ryan twice, and whoever the Panthers' starting quarterback is going to be. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But you have these strong teams coming in this season for a team that might not have its identity completely down once the season, if the season even kicks off.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with, you talked about Brady and the deep ball, he's 43 years old. We saw last year that his deep ball ability deteriorated. What's going to make or break him and show his value for the Buccaneers is this year, his ability to throw the intermediate ball. If he can keep that up because he's an underrated intermediate ball thrower and that's, a, that's all he needs to be because Evans is going to get open within that pocket and zones kind of, you know, before he hits the safeties. And that's exactly where Tom Brady, you know, makes his money. So if they can, if Bruce Arians can mold their offense around that and kind of Mike Evans is going to have to make, Mike Evans probably going to have to make this adjustment because he loves running the vertical routes and being over the top. But that's probably not going to happen as much. But, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I don't know if the Buccaneers are at that level defensively as the Patriots were last year. That was one of the best Patriots defense we've ever seen. And you taking that into account that they never, they didn't get out of the divisional round. I'm not sure if this is the year the Buccaneers make that next leap to the playoffs, but they're doing everything they can in order to, you know, spring them forward. The back end of Brady's career being the backbone and all of that
0: and I think a lot of responsibility is going to fall on Ronald Jones and whoever they pick Mm -hmm. up to sit in that running back room because you've got to remember that the Patriots had three solid running backs in Sonny Michelle, Rex Burkhead, and James White. So Ronald Jones is not going to be able to carry that by himself, so he's definitely going to need more support back there. But, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get their new quarterback for the next couple of years. Where's Jameis Winston going, Kevin? I mean... NFL passing leader last season, had LASIK eye surgery in the offseason. Where's where's Big James gonna go? Former number one overall pick. I mean, I can see why teams are skeptical to sign him right now, but he's still out on the market.
1: So you can tell that some general managers and some front offices can be thinking years ahead of now. And the ones in the general managers who get caught up in in draft mistakes. And free agent mistakes are the ones that are focusing. They're, they're they got tunnel vision, they're looking at year and this year only. That's why I think the elite front office for the New Orleans Saints is going to realize their next guy. So they're going to bring him in under Drew Brees. They locked up Drew Brees for probably the rest of his career. And if depend, they Jameis is he, he's he's one of those guys where it's gonna be up to what his mindset is can he is he okay standing there on the sidelines with the headset on and learning behind one of the best in the game even coming off of a passing champion season if he can then he's gonna be gifted to him one of the most coveted spots in football which is the quarterback for the new orleans saints drew Brees took advantage of that so well and he's got the best receiver in the game michael thomas for the next five six years so I think if Jameis can look long-term, if the Saints can look long-term, and if they can pay just enough for him to lock him up until Breeze is ready to walk away, Jameis going to the Saints is the best option for him.
0: Now, what do you do with Taysom, Taysom Hill? Hill. Because from what I've been hearing, he's, and that's he's exact, set to that's fill exactly in that role. That's exactly
1: why you have to go get Jason, Jameis Winston, not just because Taysom Hill isn't necessarily the guy who's going to step in after Drew Brees. Oh,
0: you don't think he's going to be the guy?
1: Not at all. I don't even think he can be the guy to fill in the role that Teddy Bridgewater did last season. They don't have Bridgewater now to come in those games. How can you, I I don't see you expecting Taysom Hill to be that guy, to be that Drew Brees. He's not physically there as much as Jameis is, but that's why I think they need to really go out and get a quarterback now because they'll, it, they'll regret it if they don't. The one other thing I have on Jameis before you give your take, around training camp time last year, I'm pretty sure Jameis had not closed out a career in baseball. You know, he played in Florida, at Florida State. He was a relief pitcher. Yes. And if he doesn't feel like he – if he doesn't have that mindset where he's ready to sit behind someone for a year or two, you know, to regroup himself and, to, you know, maybe learn another system, the MLB would be an attractive. He would get a contract right away and start playing, right? Or not, obviously not right now because of the coronavirus, but he'd be able to work himself up and that'd be a dream for him. So he's got the physical tools there as well. Very yeah.
0: interesting. Jameis Winston to the MLB could be a possibility, according yeah, to Kevin Redford. So. so my take on Jameis, I'm going a similar direction as you, but not to the extent of the New Orleans Saints just because I think Drew Brees has a lot more time ahead of him, a lot more than Tom Brady at least. I think Jameis Winston's going to go to the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers because Big Ben's mm-hmm. time is up. It's it's obvious. The writing's on the wall, and they don't have a suitable backup. Mason Rudolph is not the answer in Pittsburgh. But imagine getting Jameis on a team-friendly contract and pairing him up with Juju Smith-Schuster, not to mention on the defensive side, they already have J.J. Watt's brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> hey. That, I'm pretty sure that, they just signed J.J. J. Watt's that, other brother, too. They
1: would like to be referred in their tweets. TJ Watt in, and Derek Watt. About their new contract. Steel City. Yeah, Der- Derek's one of the best fullbacks in, on earth right now. So, you know, he's
0: a – And they have James Conner. They do have James Conner, yes. And Vance McDonald's a growing mm-hmm. tight end in the league. So, I mean, you could have Jameis kind of get – acclimated to that system even if he's sitting behind big ben for a year but then it goes back to what you were saying if he wants to take that year if he can see the future of the organization and the future of his career how it might be better for him to take that extra year especially with a coach like mike tomlin and then go out in 2021 and ball out Yep,
1: i understand that i i the Steelers, are def- when when you gave me this topic off air, I the Steelers are one of the teams I considered, but I just don't think Big Ben could play his game and ride out the rest of his career knowing that he's got Jameis breathing down his neck. That doesn't seem like a Big Ben Roethlisberger mindset that he wants to have.
0: But we do know the Steelers are going to ride Big Ben until his legs fall off. Yes, literally, which, which they've is come close sooner a couple times. rather than
1: later, yeah. Yeah, exactly. we've seen just about as close as he'll get to, literally
0: losing his legs. Now, last night we were on a call with Professor Herm Edwards, and he made the claim that Cam Newton was going to be a San Diego Charger. Yeah. I don't know if he has some insider sources, which he might because he has a lot of connections in the NFL community, but I see Cam Newton going to the Vikings. Wow. Cam Newton to the Vikings. I, I,
1: the Chargers one makes a lot of sense. The Vikings one, I've, I've not it does, it does.
0: The Chargers makes a lot of sense, but I'm not here to give the, also things that are probably also happening.
1: the thing with the Chargers is a lot of things make sense from, a, you know, general standpoint when it comes to the Chargers, but they don't want the, to, the Los Angeles Chargers don't want to make sense. Anything that'll make their fans happy, they don't want to do. <laughs> so it doesn't seem like going like after Cam Newton would be something they do. They'd rather just like, you know, simmer in mediocrity with Tyrod Taylor out there in a with a half that's full right. SoFi stadium. Oh
0: my. All right. I'm gonna no, make a rule now go, no, the earth as a ball. They're, they'll
1: definitely get a quarterback in the top ten if they stay there, they're, but ugh.
0: they're not the Los Angeles Chargers no, on this show. San Diego they're the, the San Diego they're Chargers. Welcome stadium. That that's falling apart. Shout out to Dominic Stern. They're they're the full San top, Diego baby. Chargers. Like I don't even know why they needed to move to L. A. Are they moving to Las Vegas? I don't believe Who? so. No, Chargers. they're staying
1: in L. A. They're they're sharing the new That's stadium right. with that with the Rams.
0: That's right. That's right. At That's right. The one that they looks like sell out a the,
1: stadium. What makes you think they're going to sell out a hundred thousand seat
0: new stadium if they share with the Rams in Englewood? They're going to the new Rams stadium that, that is built like, to look yeah. like the old Rams yeah. logo okay, from let's, let's, above. Gonna, but the Rams just continue, changed their logo. That's that stadium is – or the whole logo situation with the Los Angeles Rams. That is a completely different topic for a completely different day. But I yeah, think they, Cam Newton could go to the Vikings because they spent a lot of money on Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it could give them some competition for that spot because Kirk hasn't done too much in uh, in the purple and gold. You like yeah, that? Yeah,
1: no, it, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I, uh, I I I do like that. Just like Kirk Cousins, you like that. Okay. I have Cam Newton going somewhere else, though. I have him going to the Jacksonville Jaguars because I don't know how Jacksonville... after have- is right. I don't know how they can really be confident after one year of punchy with him being the guy right now. Uh, the problem is they have had a god awful uh twenty twenty free agent period so far. And they don't they're kind of one of those teams like the Rams where they spent too much two or three years ago and now it's really biting them in the butt. And they put they spent like fifty five million on Joe Schobert this year. They had to trade away Calais Campbell and AJ Boyer. Like ugh. But yeah, so the Jags is a desperation attempt I think we'll get Cam Newton. He's gonna hate it there and it won't work out. But Duval County Jameis Winston's on the way staying. Or, I mean, Cam Newton's on the way.
0: <laughs> Cam Newton. Yeah. Well, it was actually kind of a surprise to a lot of people that Cam Newton got dropped. Like, if you told me at the beginning of free agent, before free agency before anybody signed anywhere that Cam Newton wasn't going to be in a Panthers uniform, I would have been a little bit surprised, well, especially so considering crap he took him to a Super Bowl. Off season. He, he took him to a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, but then he's kind of dropped off because of the injuries and stuff. But main reason is because the Panthers went out and signed Teddy mm-hmm. Bridgewater, but they also signed EJ yes. Walker, who is from the yep. XFL, who balled out, no doubt the MVP of the league in my opinion, led the league in passing yards and touchdowns, but the XFL has had a couple QBs actually sign as free agents in the NFL, Jordan Te'amu of your St. Louis yep. Battle Hawks going call, to... Baby. Kansas City to rival Patrick Mahomes for that starting spot. So, Staying in the you know, state. With, with PJ in Carolina and JT in Kansas City, what do you think that says about the XFL, even though they only played half of their full well, season? those guys are big standouts. And where did uh, – that Cam
1: Phillips just ended up somewhere recently.
0: He's rumored right now the two teams that are interested are the Bengals and the Dolphins. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't think all, he has a contract yeah, yeah, yeah. yet. No,
1: and the Steelers have gone out and signed like five other guys. Two from there's that one tight end from DC, I think. There's yeah,
0: Corey Lee caught the first XFL touchdown yeah, in the history the, of the league. Long
1: snapper from Tampa. The Steelers had their scouts at XFL games. It means so much for the for the XFL, though. I mean, because not only do you have these the stars like we knew that it was likely PJ Walker, Cam Phillips would be going to the NFL after one season, but. Tayamu was a guy who probably at the beginning of the XFL season wasn't going to be one of the faces of the league, ended up being just that. And now he ends up on the Super Bowl, or the reigning Super Bowl champion, or Kansas City Chiefs roster behind the best guy, the best quarterback on earth. So, I mean, it's great for him. And then you see these other guys who really stood out at their positions also out in the NFL. It shows that, one, the quality of playing the XFL truly is there. And two, that people are watching, which is a very good combination for them. And the the one thing I want to talk about was the P.J. Walker. This really told me a lot about what Matt Rule is going to try to do in. Oh, I wanted to get to that. Yes, Bridgewater and then P.J. Walker right behind him. The way that they're going to utilize the quarterback along with Christian McCaffrey, you do not know who's going to be running the ball. It's going to be in the ball between P.J. Walker, two crazy athletic guys, and Christian McCaffrey in the backfield with them, probably the best running back in the game at this
0: point. That is going to be lethal, lethal in that backfield. Now it's just going to be interesting to see who starts in Carolina week one because I could totally see P.J. Walker coming in with a chip on his shoulder. You know, I played in the XFL for five weeks and a couple weeks before in the practices – So he might be ready to go a little more than Teddy Bridgewater. But especially because P.J. Walker played with Matt Rule, played under Matt Rule at Temple, Temple Tough, no doubt MVP through five weeks in the XFL. and He was just magical on the field. You know, Andrew Luck played a big role in getting Oliver Luck to reach out to P.J. and bring him in to the Roughnecks organization. But I think P.J. Walker, just the talent that we saw in five weeks of the XFL, he has the tools to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And that would be huge for a lot of the parties involved—the XFL, the NFL, just any players that want to play in the XFL. That dream is definitely a possibility. And PJ Walker is a great I example. For that. More
1: from a talent standpoint. The one thing I have to say is I truly do believe it is Teddy Ridgewater's spot to lose. And however long this offseason gets extended, it's going to hurt PJ Walker in that case for the starting job because he's going to. The best way he's going to be able to prove himself is in practice and in camp, but. Come preseason time, I mean, let's say they step foot or they start up right the preseason and P.J. Walker starts being flashy. They're going to have no... I mean, you don't even need to incorporate... Like, this is where you're at in the NFL, especially, again, with Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. He doesn't need to be out there every play. The Saints do it with Taysom Hill. I mean, you can turn him into whatever sort of wild card you want because he was lethal on the ground as well. But then if you do not know where that ball is going on that play run-pass, I mean, I'm sure they're going to take advantage of the new run-pass option, play-action style, play-calling. I could see the Panthers as being one of those new revolutions. Last year was the Ravens. Two years ago, it was, it was the Chiefs. Next year, I think it's going to be the Panthers.
0: And you also saw the Panthers go out, sign Robbie yes, Anderson, huge, another former Temple Owl. Maybe they go after Cam Phillips just because of the rapport him and P.J. Walker have built up over the last couple weeks. But who knows? Because whoever is in that quarterback spot, you know you have a solid quarterback if you're the Panthers right now, especially with a first-year head coach in Matt Rule, and you have a solid running back in Christian McCaffrey. Speaking of dynamic duos in the NFL, one of them was broken up this offseason. That was DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson. Because DeAndre Hopkins got traded – to the Arizona Cardinals, I don't think anybody saw this coming. This was the first move on the first day of the, the new NFL year. Nobody really saw this coming. And Deshaun Watson was just, we'll say, very, very unhappy, for a lack of better words. I'm sure there's going to be more to come out over the summer as to why Hopkins got moved. But it was definitely the most surprising move by far, even no, over Tom Brady. I, I think
1: I know exactly why D. Hopps got moved. and I think it, it is going to come out to be one of the biggest blunders by front office in, in the recent NFL history. So what was going on with the Texans is I believe that they saw this, the contract that Michael Thomas just signed. Five years, $100 million, He gets $20 million a year. D. Hopps is going to get that money the next when his contract's up. He's going to demand that to,
0: didn't didn't Amari Cooper yes. just sign a similar yes, contract, exactly. too, with the Cowboys? So
1: seeing those big-time wide receiver ones, because there's no lie, DeAndre Hopkins is grouped in with those guys, with Amari Cooper and Michael Thomas. Texans don't want to pay that. So they decided they're going to ship him. I think they shipped Michael Thomas in confidence that later, within the first wave of the free agency period, they were going to obtain either Odell Beckham Jr., or Stephon Diggs because this was before Diggs got shipped to Buffalo, and whatever plans they had in succession with the Dubs trade, I think they fell through, and they just got hung out to dry. I feel so yeah.
0: bad for Deshaun Watson, and you can—I'm ninety-nine percent sure when it's his turn to hit the free agency market, he's not even going <laughs> to bat a second eye. No, absolutely. and he's going to test the waters. And there's
1: going to be a huge market for him because absolutely,
0: yeah. Oh, definitely. Especially in the, the the first couple of years he's played, like, I could definitely the, need some more targets in Houston. The Chicago Bears man, they would
1: love to get their hands on Deshaun Watson. They would love another.
0: The Chicago Bears would love to get their hands on anybody right, not named right. Mitchell Trubisky.
1: I don't think Nick Foles is that answer either, but that's just a conversation
0: for another day. Now, speaking of Houston Texans that don't get paid by the organization and get shipped off because, you know, they don't want to pay them, mm-hmm. Jadavian Clowney. A guy who got traded to the Seahawks. Still yeah. on the market. The Dolphins offered him $17 million at the start of free agency, and he declined. And then they went after Shaq Lawson and signed him to a three-year $30 million yeah. deal. But Jadavian Clowney, a premier pass rusher, former number one overall draft pick. He made some noise up in Seattle playing for the 12th man. But why do you think Jadavian Clowney well, has been signed Well, from what I hear
1: yet? and from what I read, actually, I'm going to attribute this to Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk is that no one really wants to get their hands on Janavian Clowney until he takes a physical. And right now with the coronavirus, the NFL's not allowing um, any team related or med- medical related activities to happen. So he can't get his physical. But even with that, Janavian Clowney's not going to get more than $15 million a year, which is what he, paid la- he was paid last season. He's not there yet. So a one-year deal back in Seattle where he can have another, you know, up year like he did last year. I think that'll earn him probably an extra 5 million dollars a year in free agency if he tests the waters again this time next year. And and as long as he's, yeah, he's as long as he's able to stay off the market right now, that just mean that means so much more for the
0: Seahawks. Yeah, he's definitely not at the playing not at the high level of pass rushers like we've seen Aaron Donald get paid, Khalil Mack He's not at that level necessarily yet, but the potential's still there. He's still a younger player in the league that he could make one season, could flip the script on his career and just he could yeah. get a boatload of money, yeah. but just not this yeah, season. He could,
1: he could make the money that he was expecting to be making off his rookie contract or after his rookie contract ended when he came into the league after rebounding just extraordinarily for him. So that Javion Clowney is going to get his paycheck. I just don't know. 2020 is the year where he's going to get it
0: all right so now that we went over some of the key moves in the offseason why don't we get into some of our winners and losers of the nfl offseason but on the earth is a ball we like to call it north pole south pole (laughs) polar opposites (laughs) of the world no shortage of puns here on the podcast so kevin who is your north pole my north pole of the nfl offseason
1: that north has a positive connotation and that's the winner Okay. Oh, it most certainly does. Las Vegas does. Raiders and their first move, or their first moves, as the Vegas-based team, Marcus Mariota wasn't a very sexy pick for them to land at quarterback after losing Derek Carr. But everywhere else, they filled their needs. They they balled out with their front seven, hovering them between twenty-five or really twenty to thirty-five million dollars a year contracts on Corey Littleton, Carl Nassib, and Nick Kwiatkowski. I think that is a just a fantastic three-headed monster that they uh, brought in, and that's without you know Eli Apple, Jeff Heath, Nelson Aguilar they got from your Eagles. Unlike am like Aguilar and his mishaps, but yeah,
0: like to put that out there. Uh, so <laughs> they,
1: they did exactly what they needed to do to keep improving as a team. You know, don't forget that they have a stud, a new stud in the backfield after uh, last season. So with Josh Jacobs, but. Uh, I don't know if this is the year they compete out in the AFC West for the division, but they're certainly trending upwards. And there's so many other teams that I could have picked too, like the the Browns had a phenomenal offseason so far, the Bills, and of course probably the outright winners, the Cardinals. But for with the money they had and for the situation they were in, losing their quarterback, the Vegas Raiders are up there with one of the biggest
0: winners in the NFL. Not to mention they probably will have yes, the coolest the stadium Star. to play in I was out in Vegas oh, a couple weeks it? ago. It looks like the Death I Star. It. it looks like the Death Star. It's a big black arena of death. I love it. That's I'd be scared awesome. to walk Good into that them. and play some football. My North Pole is the Miami Football Dolphins. <laughs> After finishing 5-11 and 11 last year, they came in first day of free agency with close to $100 million in cap. They had the most in the league by far. And they spent two hundred and two million dollars in new salaries on the mm-hmm. first day alone. Just to put in perspective, signing just guys to put like in Shaq Lawson.
1: Not saying that they went over the cap because they had to the dump stuff, but the new cap is one hundred ninety-eight yes. million this year. So they balled out. They balled out. They signed
0: guys. Yeah, exactly. They balled out. Signing guys like Kyle Van Noy, Shaq Lawson, Byron mm-hmm. Jones, best quarterback tandem in the league now, and Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, the two most expensive corners in the league now. They also have 14 picks in the upcoming draft at number five, number 18 and number 26 in the first round. And there's no Tom Brady in the AFC East anymore. So they could already be considered a dark horse in that division. Miami has a dolphin, the greatest football team. They they
1: have a in lot zone. of work to be done in the draft and it's all eyes are going to be on them and how they use all those picks and they could go horribly wrong with them. I, I do say that, but they have really slunk and put themselves in a great position to attack in the draft they can do
0: whatever i will they want. i will say the last couple of years once chris greer took over on the draft boards they've been doing a great job they even went out and signed some undrafted free agents last year preston williams is probably going to be a starter in the wide receiver core But my south pole it's melvin gordon after holding out the first four weeks of the season after he was offered by the san diego chargers 10 million a year he Ended up signing a two-year, sixteen-million-dollar deal with the Broncos, so not the price jump that he was expected to get. And actually, he came out today saying that, you know, if he had to redo it, he probably wouldn't have held out like he did, like he was trying to do, like Le'Veon Bell. But Melvin Gordon, I think, is the big loser.
1: Yeah, I saw I, the I know that same thing about his regret of holding out this year, and it, he did. We knew it at the time when Melvin Gordon was holding out that. He maybe was stretching his worth just a little too far, and that has come back to bite him in the butt right now. My South Pole, really quickly, is uh, I mentioned them earlier, the Los Angeles Rams, after being a Super Bowl contending team last year and really spending hard two years ago. It is really coming back to hurt them now. They lose Dante Fowler, Corey Littleton. They release Todd Gurley and Mikel Roby Coleman. Clay Matthews is gone. Oh, and Eric Weddle retired, too and they they went out and got Shaun <laughs> a- a- Robinson and they actually got Leonard Floyd pretty cheap too which I'll give them that but that is nowhere near enough and you can tell from a salary cap standpoint that the Rams are one of the most screwed
0: teams in the NFL they did Well they put all their eggs in one basket went to the Super Bowl that one year and yeah. decided to not After score any game, touchdowns the that game so.
1: offenses in NFL history
0: I'll just say that Jerry yeah. Goff oh, yeah, is a system quarterback guaranteed. All right Kevin last segment talking about the NFL this is the equator. It's a staple segment on the earth as a ball because the equator is the hottest place on the earth. The equator is going to be the hottest take of the episode. Kevin, my equator, equator comes with your or about your Miami Dolphins. Yes, the Miami football. Miami Dolphins. football. I Dolphins.
1: think so. This kind of all revolves around the Washington Redskins as well. I think that Redskins are going to trade their newly purchased Kyle Allen while his value is at his highest, and they're going to ship that. With the second pick, or they're gonna ship him somewhere else for a deeper pick, like a fifth round pick or something, and then they're also going to move back and sh- trade with the Dolphins for the second pick, because I think whoever they want, maybe it might be even Chase Young, could fall to where the Dolphins are at five. Where that they're at five, right? And the Dolphins are going to Trade up to get their guy to a tug of a, tug, tug of a low, to a to a T. At number two. Now, remember, the last time in my recent memory when a court, when a team drafted or traded up to get their quarterback at number two, that would be
0: – In the City of Brotherly Love.
1: What was, I think there's more recent one, actually. Mitchell Trubisky was the one more I was recent? thinking. Oh, oh then, I, I thought you were talking yeah, about that, Yeah,
0: that's the exact one. Love. Oh, no, it oh, happened oh, at the Art Museum.
1: Philly. Oh, right, right. In right, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Okay, got
0: it, got it. Yes, I was at Mike and Mike in the morning, Chickies <laughs> and Pete's the next day, and all they were talking about, you got to be kidding <laughs> Mitchell Trubitsky at number two. Meanwhile, Super Bowl winning yeah, quarterback so Patrick second. Mahomes got drafted a yeah, couple no, picks so later. I think
1: that the, the Dolphins are going to get paranoid uh, and and trade up to get to a – that's my hot take. The way I articulated that all was right, well, terrible, but it's going to happen.
0: You can book it. Well, I'm – my, my equator kind of follows that pretty nicely because as long as the Dolphins stick to their plan and take Tua, because I am in the mindset that Tua is going to be the Miami Dolphins starting, starting quarterback week one. Dolphins, Super Bowl, five years, book it. I think it's going to happen, especially if they draft the right way this year, especially if they draft the way they're supposed to this year. Getting a running back, maybe DeAndre Swift. I would be very happy with that pick. Drafting Tua. Drafting an offensive lineman. They're built to compete in the AFC East already. I think in the next five years, years, they could make it to the Super Bowl.
1: Rivalry is going to be the Bills and the Dolphins. How electric is that?
0: (laughs) That is exhilarating. Two storied franchises with a history of losing. Well, not Dolphins, necessarily. And what if Tom Brady comes back to the Patriots after two years with the Bucks, And he's like, all right, Bill, let's, uh, yep. let's just win it one more time for, for laughs. Now, with the coronavirus keeping us all inside, I've resorted to doing something a lot of people do, and that's binge-watching series on Netflix. So at the start of the week, I sat down in my giant beanbag chair, and I looked at all the options to choose from. And under the recently added tab, I saw the series Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. I was like, okay, this seems interesting. And I watched it. Now, two other people have watched it as well this week, and we're going to bring them on to the show to talk about Tiger King. Kevin is one of them, but now let's welcome back a now recurring guest on the Earth is a Ball, Henry Schleiser. Hank, how we doing, buddy?
2: Ricky, I'm so happy to be back on Earth as a ball. I've been awaiting this moment to come back. I'm so excited and honored to be a recurring guest, and I and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And I got a lot to say about the Tiger King. I mean, crazy, crazy. That's all I can say. But I got a, I got a lot, I got a lot to talk about. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, you know how we like to name our segments on the Earth is a Ball. So this is actually going to be called Hanging with Hank and Kevin. There so go, there Kevin, <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> this is also the first three-person segment on the Earth is a Ball. So we're making history oh, right now, wow. boys.
1: This, we love that. We love that. Put
0: this in the archives, baby. All right. So for some of you that haven't seen it yet, I would advise you to go watch it right now before we start talking about it because the spoilers are coming. But basically, Tiger King... This is the Netflix description. A zoo owner spirals out of control amid a cast of eccentric characters in this true murder-for-hire story from the underworld of big cat breeding. And I don't think it does it any justice. So, boys, we got the spoiler alert. It's coming your way. But I think I'm going to start this off by just saying, hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Let's get right into it.
2: Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) That was way too off. You got to get more creepy with it.
2: Hey, what's up, you cool cats and kittens? Carol Baskin from Big Cat Rescue here.
0: What were your initial thoughts of the series?
2: Um, I, I've seen this a little bit on social media, especially on Twitter, about what people have been saying about the relationship between Carol, um, Carol Baskin and uh, Exotic Joe or Joe Exotic <laughs> or whatever his whole name is. But they're almost like, as much as they hate each other, they're like Batman and Robin. Yeah. I mean, excuse me, Batman and the Joker. Where they where they like need each other, where they made each other a ton of money and gave each other a ton of publicity, but their whole dynamic is so interesting because Joe Exotic, I think he he acknowledges that Carol Baskin is good for his business. Just the whole dynamic is so interesting, and it, it's it's one of the craziest things. I, I don't even know how to really describe all of it. Because Joe Exotic, obviously the show is set, the series is centered around him. There's so much going on with him. It's so hard to break it all down.
1: There's just so much to unpack here. It's insane. And shout out to Netflix for hitting it once again. You know, whenever they have one of these documentaries that goes super viral, you have to get on it within the next week or else you're behind in every conversation. Very, that's very much exaggerated right now because everyone is hanging around Twitter because no one can go outside but nonetheless it's the same way so i'm looking i'm watching the show and like i said there's so much to unpack and i just i just want to see in the future now too how they exploit these little pockets of america that are so electric that we had no idea that would exist i mean the bedazz suits The 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 ear the ring on the eyebrow that distracts you every time he's in the the shot. I
2: mean, I mean, don't Kevin. I don't mean to interrupt you. No,
1: one more. My my favorite thing, my favorite thing of the whole show, and it often happens when he's singing, is the never explained use of the
0: priest's outfit.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Also, okay, Kevin, adding on to what you just said, one thing that. Obviously, there's a lot to unpack in the show. The thing that the directors never really went into, super, like they never went into a ton of detail with it. The guy had three husbands, two of which were straight. <laughs> I mean that that is just so strange to me, and also the fact that Do- that um that uh doc,
0: yeah.
2: um w- was viewed himself as like a deity.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: I mean, he had his employees, or, or or who were more like his servants, call him Bhagavan.
1: Yeah, and yeah, the way he like used Eastern culture and Eastern religion, that seemed to be like a lot of you know Hindu influence. Not not to I say mean, that, that mean, that's cult like, but he was turning himself and in, into a cult.
2: Going back to um to exotic Joe, just like. <laughs> His whole thing, where
1: I love he how you call him Exotic Joe.
2: <laughs> well, I I feel weird calling him Joe Exotic because that just sounds kind of weird.
0: <laughs> Why? That's what I don't called. know. That's the name, dude. That's the name. F- okay, okay, we are referring to him as Joe Exotic on this podcast. Okay, f- I, we are an anti-Exotic
2: putting, show. Putting... <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joe Exotic. I, I think the, the the crazy thing about him is, like, he had his whole. They, they mentioned. I can't remember his name, it's slipping my mind, but his uh like his his producer, the guy who was making the reality show, who helped him with his internet streams, he talked about how Joe like could not have cared less about the zoo. It was his show. And how he believed people didn't come to see his however many tigers and big cats he had, they came to see him. And how he believed that with all of his like will. And it just he's so intriguing because like I'm going to go back to it. The guy had three husbands over a period of time, all of which were like 20 years or older, younger than him. I mean, he, he, he made music videos and how they would just drop them in during dramatic points. <laughs> Like that was so funny to me. There'd be like a dramatic thing that's going on with the All feds right. and just music video.
0: <laughs> Henry, Henry, Henry kitty, kitty. While I was while I was researching some notes for the show, yeah? even though I watched it this week, Complex Music actually put out the top ten music videos. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, from Joe Exotic? From Joe What's Exotic. Number Are you one? See-
1: What's number one? Is it here? Here yep, kitty kitty, no thought, doubt. Yeah. Yo, you know, no you, doubt.
2: Okay, that song kind of hits. Like I listen to it, it's not that bad.
1: Is is that the <laughs> same one? as the one where uh, he's
0: where he's got the lookalike of Carol? That is exactly uh, okay. the one <laughs> where he's got the lookalike of Carol feeding the dead human, like the 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 test dummy to the tigers. The other
1: one I remember is the aptly named "I Saw a Tiger." <laughs>
2: You know, the, the funny, the, the, the really funny thing for me about his music videos is that it's so obvious that he is not the one singing because they like the voice sounds
0: good, <laughs> like the voice no, it's sounds but pretty... it's gotta be him. I'm pretty they,
2: sure. they have to tune it up so yeah. much,
0: yeah. All right, can I just say this that you know, this is a limited series, it was called on Netflix. That that bummed me out when I finished because I was like, oh man, we're not getting any more of this. If this was just a normal series, I'm all in. Oh my, I'm all in. All right, so so that's the first thing. There's only seven episodes, but every episode you were like, that's it. It it can't get any more, and it kept getting crazier every time. Then like halfway through the series, you have Joshua Dial, the campaign manager, come into the scene where he's like, Joe Exotic. I loved him. Joe Exotic where he decides to run for public office like he actually wrote in to be on a, a president the camp the, cam- like, the he-
1: campaign manager guy was one of my favorite characters <laughs> he opens up saying that campaign manager is his like dream job and then you're like okay <laughs> this guy is the guy that joe brought on that's like semi like informed politically and then you find out about 30 seconds later no it's just the guy who sells him ammunition at walmart
2: you also kevin 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 you also come to find out like 20 minutes after that the dude's a libertarian
0: in oklahoma that was the one thing he said he's like he's like joe joe doesn't really describe himself as anything but i'm a libertarian i said i was a libertarian so he's like all right i'm a libertarian whatever i was like okay politics Mm -hmm. in oklahoma now that's Electric. I guess how this is going yeah, but then, but then you get characters like Jeff Lowe, who just comes out of nowhere and totally flips the table where this this goes from a tiger activist and tiger owner like zoos to like this is where the murder for hire stuff comes in.
2: The crazy thing like, about Jeff Lowe too is he's like a fake he's a fake rich guy.
1: Yeah how many Oakley hats he had was insane.
2: Also, the dude dresses. Like, he's an extra in, like, a Tony Hawk pro skate video <laughs> from, like, 2003.
0: Yes. Totally.
2: Like, he's but got, he... like, the bedazzled, like, true religion jeans and, like, the jackets that have, like, the, like, bedazzled crosses on the back. The dude's style
0: is hysterical. But but then they're like, did you frame Joe Exotic? And he's like... No, I but I got him. I investigated. I, him. I, I, I investigated him, and I I pushed him to say things for for the sound bites that I could turn over to the feds. That was like that was like in Fire Festival, the Firefest Fest documentary, where Ja Rules like, nah, we didn't we didn't falsely advertise. We just said we were going to do things and didn't actually do it. <laughs> like like that. How are they not? They, they are. Him right now, That's why my biggest Tugeth question
1: two electric Boogaloo, is going to come out in the next. Year. <laughs> it's going to follow the court cases and the demise. And it's of not just
2: Lowe. no. The crazy thing is, though, it's just going to be everybody getting arrested, like everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. Jeff Lowe's going to get I... T- Jeff Lowe, Tim Stark, Carol, Howard Baskin, <laughs> even is going. They're all going to get arrested.
0: All right, Henry. It's interesting you bring up that point because Carol Baskin's name was already brought up to police officers well before any of the stuff with Joe exotic happened, because it, it was allegedly thought that he, that she killed her husband and fed him to the tigers, which is the plot of the song here, kitty, kitty. <laughs> and ultimately it was to get a lot of money so that the zoo became hers. And she was able to have millions of dollars that she actually kept from her husband's family. And she even changed her name on the will, like after he was after he went missing. So like I'm pretty sure she killed her husband.
2: <laughs> uh, Ricky, not pretty sure. Uh she killed her husband, Don Lewis, and fed him to the black Jaguars and and um and tigers in her backyard. Like I
1: don't know. I don't know. That's dude that seems a little bit too theatrical, you know what I mean? I think dude, okay. she was definitely that, that... frightened by Don and I think she took care of him. But the whole feeding to the tigers thing, that's too sloppy. The, the Kevin, Kevin, Kevin said Kevin. it himself. There would be some sort of trail left. That's why they Think of ab- the septic tank. I'm
2: but, telling you, Kevin, think well, about this. this. Kevin, think about this. Think about this. That Carol Baskin is a crazy cat lady to the absolute extreme. <laughs> she knows everything about tigers and want to know something interesting about tigers. Their stomachs are so acidic, they can eat anything. Almost anything. And the stomach acid will dissolve it. There would be nothing.
1: Imagine. I firmly believe. You would leave. There'd be a blood trail, dude.
2: No, dude. I firmly believe she ground him up in a giant. In the giant meat grinder she had, (laughs) limb by limb, and fed him to the black. And fed him to the tigers in her backyard. I
0: 100% believe that. Henry, I don't believe the meat grinder stuff. But she did say something about putting – so when when Joe Exotic got dragged by the, the Tiger, like towards the end of the series, he got dragged and he threatened to shoot him with the guns. This is when he was going really crazy. Yeah. They cut to her because he was like, oh, they were playing with my shoe or they really liked my shoe that day. They cut to Carol Baskin and she said something along the lines of, oh – Someone must have put sardine oil or something like that's how you get them to. You put it. sardine
2: you... oil on stuff like she that. Knew. Yeah, yeah, she, she knew she fed her husband to tigers, one way or another. There is no forget the septic tank makes sense, but the world does not make sense most of the time, guys. I, th-
0: I think, I think she... we're gonna put this. I think we're gonna put this on the poll on the new Earth is a Ball oh, Twitter yeah. page at Earth is a Ball Pod. It's gonna be up on the Twitter poll. So you let us know. Did Carol Baskin kill her husband? Yes, um, I think she did. Henry thinks she did. Yeah. Kevin a little uh, no, skeptical no, no. about she it. Yeah, she did. It's just a matter of how. It, oh, okay, uh, just no, how yeah, she's guilty. So reply with how did she do it? So we talked about a lot about the negative sides, a lot of negative people in this limited series. But who's really the good guy here? Because at the beginning, you know, it, it was weird because you know you see Joe Exotic not well he cared for the tigers everybody everybody hears but then it came out that he
2: that he was shooting them that he was just killing tigers i'm getting to
0: that henry but then (laughs) towards the end you don't really root for joe anymore because you get annoyed with carol a lot of times and you think that she doesn't treat him the right way either now i just want to say this we are an anti-animal abuse podcast we don't condone treating animals this way It was very sickening to see some of the conditions these tigers were kept, especially the fact at the end of the series, when it said nearly 5,000 to 10,000 animals or tigers are kept in captivity in the United States when there's nearly 4,000 in the wild alone. So that's a problem we have to deal with. And I think that's something that the series was trying to key in on with a lot of these characters kind of running the show from beyond. So I think that point might get lost in the actual series if you watch it, but who is the actual good guy in this series from your perspective? And I want to start with Kevin on this one.
1: There's two people that come to mind for me. The first one is the guy that ran Joe Exotic TV. What was his name with the black cowboy hat?
2: I, yeah, I, I was mentioned. I mentioned him earlier. I is don't that, remember is his that Rick name.
1: Kirkham? Yes. yes, the guy who. Yeah, yes. could have, But it was probably actually who the, burned
2: down burned. the shed, who burned down the, the shed.
1: But the other guy I thought of, and we talked a little bit about this before we came on to record today, is the informant, the walking Chucky doll, the redheaded Mark Davis, James Garretson. <laughs> he was a good guy. Think about it. He he's, 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 yes, he has, he. Yes, yes. He had the most electric.
2: Small, jet king
1: in in the whole miniseries.
2: But it was like Mark Davis going to a P.F. Chang's. <laughs> so that's who he feels when he goes.
1: Yeah, for yeah, he had he had the secret meeting with uh with Jeff Lowe at the Applebee's
2: <laughs> <laughs> The most discreet <laughs> place.
1: No, but uh he he even said that he wasn't a big friend of Joe's. He was friendly and he they essentially knew each other because, you know, James is just like another guy who liked cats and he owned a couple of them, just not the extent to some of these zookeepers. Then he gets tied in, you know, with the whole murder-for-hire plot. So he decides, I'm going to be the informant. And he just seems like he wants to be, like, he just wants business. He didn't want to get tied up in all this crap. And, you know, he looks pretty innocent, riding jet skis and, you know, trying to live his life. So he's my good guy.
2: I think he's – I think our our ginger Mark Davis is a good guy. But I think if we're looking strictly main characters – Although I don't think we have one, I think if we have to pick, I think our good guy, and I'm not saying, and he is not a good person. I think the guy who I guess is sort of the protagonist is Joe Exotic. Yeah,
1: absolutely, because Joe I, Exotic's the, the, the big guy. He's the yes.
2: Because I mean, you think about it, He's like the guy Jeff Jeff Lowe, I mean, he was a, there were tons of people on record in this in this uh, docu series who called Jeff Lowe a professional con man. And you look at Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin is not a good lady. She is the epitome of people who I hate. And Kevin, you said this earlier before we recorded. She gets away with everything because she's rich. She owns something that just that not a lot of people have, and she's just gotten away with everything. I mean, Joe Exotic pointed it out. Carol Baskin has has upwards in hundreds of volunteers. Who do her dirty work? Think about that. She is a she is as much of a con, as a con lady as Jeff Lowe is a con man for different reasons. But she has conned her way into people thinking she is an animal rights activist. She is not. Did you see the cages that those jaguars were in? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That lady is not think, a big cat activist.
0: I definitely think Joe Exotics Zoo was a lot better for the tigers now better better is a relative term because they're still being kept in cages and not being able to necessarily free roam. But you saw that the way they were being fed, that they were able to go out in a, a bigger space at least and run and eat and kind of mingle with the other. Even tigers. then it's not like they you were
2: didn't... being fed like good, yeah. healthy stuff. They were, they were getting expired
0: Walmart steaks. Like that's not like, no, it's not ideal. Yeah. And, and the thing with the, the, The chimpanzees or the apes at the end that broke my heart. That was so sad about the two chimps being in separate cages, being next to each other for like ten years. I think he said, and then they sold them to a zoo or let them go to a zoo.
2: They were no, they were in they were in an ape sanctuary in Florida.
0: That's right, the ape sanctuary in Florida. But then they were hugging for like ten minutes as soon as they got there. And Joe felt bad. Like they finally got that. Joe felt bad for that. That was probably the most heart wrenching moment of the entire thing.
2: You bring up the well being of these animals. You know what the interesting thing is? If I'm, I'll give Carol Baskin some credit here. Her, her, her cats looked big. They looked strong. They looked like they were like they were able bodied creatures. If you looked at some of Joe's, if you look closely, tigers, tigers are big scary animals. (laughs) They're strong. No, I'm serious. No, seriously. And you look at Joe's, a lot of Joe's didn't look super, super healthy. If you look closely, yeah, they're big and strong, but they look, they're not animals that like, you wouldn't look at like a tiger like that and think, huh, that tiger doesn't look to be at its peak. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So my good guy, it's, kind of a toss- up here because you know you can look at it from the perspective of what they do beyond the cages and beyond the zoos but I'm looking at it in the conditions for the animals I think Doc Antle had the best zoo and he was the best activist for them because even though he was making money off of them he wasn't necessarily an activist like Carol or the way Cl- Carol claimed to be an activist. And I know he runs it like a, like a cult. Doc almost, also
2: had, like, the but... cub euthanasia things with the gas chambers.
0: Allegedly. Oh, th- Allegedly. That, that's true. Allegedly. 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 But, like, he was a big proponent of keeping these cats, like, safe the way it looked, at least for most of it. Like, at least – if you asked me in the first half of the series who the best zookeeper is – I'd say Doc. With Dog, Doc
2: had a blonde nice. ponytail and a soul patch. You cannot trust anybody Dude, he with that rolled, stuff.
0: He rolled up to a presentation, a show, on an elephant. And then and then proceeded to take a bath with the elephant in a river. That's dope, bro.
2: <laughs> King, King, yeah, that's King stuff right there. But still, he has a soul patch. Don't trust him.
0: I mean... I, t- I said it was unpopular but I was a big doc guy until the gas chamber things <laughs> came out but still allegedly I'm a big How- I'm
2: a big Howard Baskin guy. I think he's the good guy in all this. Howard, big
0: Howard fan. Oh. <laughs> did you But remember when she put him on a leash?
1: He was kind when they put him on
0: a leash? Howard. Yeah, no, was- yeah, no, he he was I I'm kidding. Her. I hated Carol's Howard. Got the cash. He was talking
1: her Carol's whole got the cash. She couldn't speak for herself. He was like covering everything for her cuz like keep her story straight it sounded like hey
2: carol was not ready to handle the cool cats and kittens of the world but howard was and i do kind of feel bad for him cuz howard howard seems like a good guy he does but he got mixed up with the wrong lady and now he's wearing a leopard leotard and hanging out on the beach with Alishaan at his wedding so <laughs>
1: Remember, he got down and sang, belted out that little tune for. Her.
2: I that mean, is I don't true. Know
1: how he could do it for that crazy lady, but
2: he did. <laughs> oh, I don't know how he could either. But you know what? He's a good dude, mixed up with the wrong with the wrong lady. Yeah.
0: All right. So now we're Less gonna move on hard. to final takeaways. All right, I'm gonna start with one. Um, big cat rescue does not equal big cat rescue <laughs> entertainment. They are two <laughs> totally separate entities. Uh, that's one of the things I took away from this: is that. Copyright, just adding a word to the end, keeping the same logo, completely different organizations.
1: I, uh, I got, I confirmed that Big Cat Rescue is a real thing today. I, I was on the phone with my <laughs> uncle who lives in Tampa and I was like, hey, have you heard of the Big Cat Rescue? He's like, oh, yeah, I could tell you exactly where it was. I don't know if I've been in there. Maybe, maybe not. I'm like, oh, boy, do I have a story for you? And then I recommended this wonderful documentary. But yeah, real place. This is not, this is nonfiction.
2: I, you know what I'm what I'm interested to know. This is kind of going off the grain, real quick. The zoo that Tim Stark and Jeff Lowe went in on together. What is the what is the update on that? He
0: Tim Stark's the yeah, he dropped out yes. right? didn't he? He quit. Lowe, yeah, I'm pretty sure he drove away.
2: Low, Low dropped out, and I think Stark was said he was still doing it.
0: I, wait, well, no, well, because Lowe Low wasn't funding it. Anymore and Stark ended up footing a lot of the bill. And then Stark realized it while he was working with a monkey on the front of his chest or on on, on his yeah, basically he got the, the monkey front. off his
2: back and put it on his chest and got a lot of work done.
0: <laughs> exactly. But then he realized that he was footing most of the bill and he was like, All right, peace out, Girl Scout. I'm going back home. And I don't really know what's going on there. But because it looked like a good zoo, like it looked like they had a good plan, they were ready to be good big cat owners and it just fell through and Je- I think the monkey the monkey was really looking forward to that
2: Jeff, L- Jeff Lowe is just so intriguing because you know what you know what I think got like gets like brushed over very much like Joe Exotic's three husbands is that Jeff Lowe had a wife who was pregnant, very pregnant at the end of the last episode or beginning of the first of the last episode. And they're talking, and he's talking about getting a nanny, and he's like oh, talking yeah. about which one he would want to have as like a mistress. Yep. Like, and his well, wife is right there. there. Were no,
1: like marriages going on here that were only two people. That doesn't.
2: That's true. That doesn't fit That's the true. The there are a lot of women involved, a lot of men involved, in multiple <laughs> marriages. It's just, it's a big <laughs> marriage uh, polygamy party going on down in. Uh, the Southern Winter, United Oklahoma. States. Yes.
1: All right. I, yes. Is, my, is it my turn for my big takeaway, Ricky? Go for it, Kevin. Okay. So my uh, who's back per se is cats. I was I read a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> who's back of the week? Cat. Yeah, cats are back. I uh I read a tweet yesterday that everything going on in 2020 is is consequence for them releasing Cats the movie. So this was this was a massive <laughs> this was a massive rebound for the kitties and the lions that often when talking about this wonderful documentary I left out because you know this is about the animals guys. So cats are back.
2: You you know you know what, Kevin, I think I can speak on behalf of I call her the black Jaguar Tiger Queen, my black cat Mr. Rogers, who is a female <laughs> and has a male name because <laughs> We didn't know when we got her if she was a male or female. And we just kind of guessed. And then we found out she was a female and just didn't go back. So she actually watched. She, she always, she sleeps on the end of my bed every night. And I think one day she was chilling in here and I started watching uh, the Tiger King. And she came up and she sat next to me. And she watched every single episode with me all the way through. I think she liked the sounds of the roars. And like seeing the big cats and her feline counterparts getting to prance and scurry around the zoos, so I think Amazing. I think she would. I think she said she she kind of she has a weird kind of sounding meow, but at the end of the last episode, she was like meow, <laughs> and I was and then I translated that as oh yeah, cats are back big time. So I think you're right in saying that the cats have made a big comeback.
0: Now Henry, yes Henry. I want to take this moment because you mentioned you had a cat. You had a cat. I have... <laughs> you have four cats? I do have four cats. What?
1: Yeah. When Henry's when you a, big, me a Snapchat big cat owner. Your cat, I was like, oh, I think like he might have told me he had a cat. I, had no idea I have had four. Before. And by the way, the Mr. Rogers thing that makes this weekend so much better as the other night I also for the first time watched A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood.
2: <laughs> also, oh, Also, Ricky, before you go on, I should just say, my mom, we have this one cat named Hopscotch. He weighs 26 pounds. He's super fat. But he. we got him when I, we were 14, and my mom fostered him. He was found. He was a little feral cat. He was two days old when they found him. We have had this cat since basically the day he was born. He, My mom raised him. He is the meanest cat in the world. He bites us. <laughs> my mom keeps him in an old like, bird cage, Like, because he walks around and pees on everything and bites everybody, he stays in a cage. So, I was thinking, like, oh my goodness, this is, like, Big Cat Rescue. Big Cat, small cage. It's wrong. And so I let him out, and then he went and, like, peed on the couch, and it was a whole mess. And I had to clean it up.
0: (laughs) Henry. Yeah. It's hard to top that, but I was gonna take a moment and pause. Okay. Because I had a cat, Cinnamon, who was... It was a demon sent from? Sounds like my cat Hopscotch. He would wait and camp out. My parents' room is right across the hallway from mine. And my hallway is about 15 feet long. Okay. He would camp out in the dark and wait for me to get up at 5.45 a.m. every morning to go to school or to go shower before I went to school in the morning. And I would walk out of my room and he would dart right across the hallway and attack me every morning. <laughs> I had to carry a pillow. To cover my shins, so that when he would attack me, I was shielded. I had protection. You know what? I have this.
2: I have Bradley, this image in my head of Ricky getting up all groggy and I then just a having a cat just freshman. maul his shins.
0: Yes, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> it's so funny. But, but I would like to take this moment and pause in memoriam for Cinnamon the cat who died two years ago, mm-hmm. and also Travis Maldonado.
2: Is yeah, this podcast for Travis? Said.
0: Yeah. Is this one for I, Travis? I, I think it's for Travis, man. Travis, Travis is, is it, a good guy. In memoriam. Yeah. I feel bad for the guy.
2: Got roped in with uh, with Big Joe. G- he got roped in with Big Joe and whoever husband number two was with Exotic, the missing teeth.
1: Exotic Joe.
2: Exotic Joe and his other husband with the ponytail and weird tattoos and no teeth. Yeah.
1: No, he's pissed, that guy, actually. I was reading some articles that he's super pissed because he accidentally got his teeth fixed. Now he's got a full set of of uh Of teeth, and he's pissed because they could have used footage with him with, with his regular teeth, and they didn't mm-hmm. oh well, good
2: for him I, All right.
1: his teeth were whack
0: yeah well well <laughs> well, boys, if I could take one thing away from this segment it's that Henry is a big cat owner mm-hmm.
2: i'm a big I'm a big cat <laughs> big guy not cat. not a big, big big cat guy, just a bit I'm a big little cat a, guy yeah
0: he's a big comma cat owner yeah. i'm a big
2: domestic cat owner
0: <laughs> exactly who knows maybe you'll follow in the footsteps of joe exotic one day i'll be you the first be surprised if you did
2: <laughs> i'll be the first <laughs> journalism major you'll catch <laughs> catch me at roosevelt point next year with a with like a with a with a white tiger in my apartment me and uh, me and little, my roommate just locking it down with a black jaguar and a white tiger
0: first down wildcats <laughs> <laughs> all right boys well i want to thank you for coming on the earth is a ball henry it was great having you back kevin hopefully this isn't the last time we're hearing from you my guy. Hope not thank you dick
2: ricky it was great to be back on i appreciate it
0: i want to thank everybody for tuning in and even though the world of sports is stopping The earth is a ball is not. We're going to be back next week with some brand new guests, some brand new segments, and a whole lot more fun. But until then, just remember that the earth is a ball.